guys, welcome back to Teen Muscle Radio and episode number 34. So today we are joined by Josh Bridgman and uh, Josh Josh is very kindly joining us today for, for an episode primarily talking about off-seasons and the importance of them when it comes to a, a competitive bodybuilder. Now, Josh is a young men's physique competitor. He's also a, a pretty high-profile YouTuber um, in the in the UK. So we're in pretty similar positions. Josh is much further ahead in terms of his YouTube development, but we connected online through social media. Um, Josh is also studying at the moment, so we're very similar ages. Had pretty similar competitive experiences, but the interesting difference between me and Josh is that. Josh competes in men's physique and with the UK BFF primarily, I believe. Isn't that right, Josh? UK BFF? Yeah, that's it. UK awesome. BFF. Um, and I obviously compete uh, with the BMBF <coughs> and a few other of the uh, sort of bodybuilding federations in the UK. So we have our differences, but likewise, we do have quite a lot of similarities that we can share today. So uh, I'm looking forward to this one. And uh, yeah, Josh, welcome to the podcast. You okay? Are you all good? Thank you very much. Feeling good, ready for it. I've been a I've been a fan of the channel for a long time, so mm. I'm finally excited to get on here. No, no, yeah, I appreciate it, and you know, likewise, you know, if, if if people are listening to this, like Josh, obviously, you know, reached out and probably followed me on Instagram for a while, and then we sort of got chatting, and you know, so if anyone does listen to the podcast and like you think, okay, yeah, I'm 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 like on a similar level to these guys, I'd love to give my input. Like, don't ever feel afraid to just sort of message and say hi and connect and you know i i said to josh i was like mate i want you on like it's it's, it's awesome to to get people very like-minded on the podcast and i'm always open to that so let's dive into it right so josh first off if you could give um girls and guys an idea as to your competitive background sort of briefly how you got into the sport and then sort of how that transferred into later on competing yeah absolutely so i probably got a similar story to a few people Always played rugby, always played football, always big, big into sport. Um, I actually chose the the university that I went to based on the sport, but of course, you know, the the summer before going, uh, snapped my cruciate ligaments, completely just just destroyed destroyed my uh, my career as such. But you know, I wanted to, I actually still wanted to pursue the rugby as such. So I wanted to maintain as much as I could do. Mm-hmm. So I went to the gym. I tried to keep all the muscle that I had. I tried to keep functional without using my leg, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up just growing some good muscle, and 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 I just fell in love with that process of of, of building muscle over and seeing that progression, you know, week in week out. Um, and and it and it just became an addiction almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and it got to the point one of my friends just said, "Why don't you try this student competition?" See what happens. So I went on a I went on a four week cut, and, I, and I, the, the, the standard first four week cut, and then uh, I tried. I came second, so I, wow. I, I was I was relatively lean anyway because I didn't mm. I didn't really have much comprehension of like an actual off season. I just just ate how I felt. So normally when people eat how they feel, they're generally leaner than than if they're trying to gain weight. Sure. Would you say um, you're a naturally lean guy anyway? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely naturally lean guy. I lose weight pretty quickly, pretty easily. Yeah. Um. Competed in that, absolutely just basked in the day, loved it, incredible experience, had all my friends and my family and, 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 and that was what I wanted to do from then and then since then, it's just snowballed, that was a little student competition called Mass SPC, yeah. um, I then went into the UK BFF juniors, did the juniors for a year, I actually ended up second in the in the, in the the British finals that year, Amazing. Um, that was that was crazy for me and then I actually qualified for the, the amateur Olympia, um, but they didn't have a juniors category so I thought I'll just try the open men's. I'd already paid my entry form, so I was like, "Okay, I've got to do it now." Mm. Um, and I actually, ended up coming third in that, and, and that just Crazy. that that for me that for me really, I was like, "Okay, that's it. I can, I can, I can make something of myself here." So, yeah. and then since then, I competed last year in the men's, ended up fifth in the full men's uh, open, um, and then little IFBB comps here and there, Arnold Classic last year, but it didn't go as planned. But it would learn from every competition, and then yeah. the Diamond Cup was my most recent one where I came second in that one as well yeah amazing cool so yeah awesome competitive history mate and you know for an individual that's so still relatively new to the sport you've had some pretty cool accolades there and i can only imagine that that's gonna improve and and grow into the future so that's that's wicked um awesome so we know that obviously we're gonna discuss off seasons here but 
everyone will know or everyone that's clued up will know how important the setup of an off season is it's not just about okay <coughs> let's, let's crack on let's have the perfect approach and the perfect macros and training protocol it's about how you get into that phase so if you could walk us through you know your last show was the diamond cup so yep. what happened after that and how was your structure with regards to nutrition and training sort of post diamond cup moving forward um, so for me, um, that Diamond Cup ended up being you know, the end of a long journey. So I started my prep six, 18 weeks out of my first competition, which was September. Wow. And the Diamond, the diamond Cup wasn't until October 21st. So you know, it, it ended up with being 24, 26, 28 weeks in deficit. Nice. You know, so, my, so my body's not in a good place. Um, and, and it's really a, a place where people do go wrong. Is thinking, okay, I'm done now. That's it. Relax. You know, that's that's the last time you should be relaxing. Mm. You know, you need you need to put that extra little bit of work in afterwards, just to set yourself up properly. So for me, um, I had I had my had my night off, off the you know the last competition of the season. I had my night off. Had the next day off, um, and then come come Tuesday, I, I was straight back on a, on a structured plan. So, um, you know, I was hitting 40 minutes cardio every single day. I completely dropped that out to start off with. Okay. Um, just just to kind of give me a little bit of um just a little bit of a rest to be honest absolutely um, I, 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 t- I took my calories up probably about 800 n- nothing too crazy okay so i, I, I evened up about 3000 that was just to get myself into a healthy body fat as quickly as possible yeah um you know being so lean for so long is is you know there's no two ways about it it's not really healthy for you um so i just wanted i wanted to get up to the healthy body fat as quickly as i could and once i was there that's where i wanted to kind of stay for a little bit and not go too excessive with it. So for the good two or three weeks afterwards, I kind of stayed pretty similar. Maybe added in, you know, fifty to hundred grams of carbs every week or so. Okay. It maybe a little bit slower than that. Yeah. Uh, just to ensure that nothing was going crazy. And if it did come to me that I was thinking, you know what, I'm getting a bit too big here, I would I would step off the gas a little bit yeah. just to make sure that I wasn't um just overspinning and getting crazy fat because I've, I've made that mistake before and it's it's just not worth it. Um. Such 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 a good thing that I that I managed to reach out to JP as well. My coach, if you guys guy don't know, trained by JP is my coach at the moment. Um, he really taught me about a lot about the transition uh, okay. going into off season. So you can't just you can't stop. You can't just stop and go into off season. It doesn't work like that. You, you need a little buffer period. When did you uh, pick him up, Josh? So I'd followed him all, all of that season, pretty okay. much, uh, and I'd been a part of his of his website. Amazing. Um, and just so much, so much knowledge there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I, I just thought this is the kind of guy that I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be, be the, the captain of my ship, you know. <laughs> and I, and I thought, you know, if I'm doing, if I'm doing all right on my own, I thought if I, if I take this, this expert knowledge and, and just like transform it into my own way, maybe I can, I can make something a little bit even better this year. Yeah. So really, the, the transition was slow. Good, good four, six weeks it took me to get into a good old off season. Mm-hmm. So definitely took it slow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm totally in agreement of all those points mentioned there. I think, you know, in times past, people had the idea or the notion of a reverse diet where you add carbohydrates and fats very, very slowly, like almost drip feed them in. And the the, the goal there almost seemed that we wanted to maintain condition for as long as we could. And whilst that's beneficial in a way that we stay leaner, which is important for an off-season in terms of being in an environment to build muscle. But at the same time, the, the detrimental side effects of that is that the, the down-regulation in hormones, like everything that's gone on, the physiological and psychological effects of, of dieting, <coughs> they're still there. And like we don't get rid of them until, like you said, you gain a good amount of body fat. So I think it's almost been branded now, and I'm sure people have heard of it. It's like almost like the recovery diet as opposed to the yeah. reverse diet, which is something I think 3DMJ sort of put out there, which I think is more sustainable and, and a better approach to things. I think, you know, from my perspective, I think the only time that I'd use a, a potentially a slower approach would be when someone who wasn't in your position and hadn't got into condition. So, for example, they hadn't quite got as lean as they should have done. Or a female that like, you know, they they aren't that lean anyway, but they they're not feeling too shit, so they can actually reverse their calories in a in a slower manner. But for most who get like super peeled like us, uh, we're gonna have to take a, a more quick, rapid approach to adding in calories because otherwise Absolutely. we're just gonna feel like shit all the time. 
yeah exactly yeah cool awesome um so w- when it comes to like post show and things like that obviously you had a meal out and you spent some time with family and and had a few meals here and there um what do you see go wrong often with other competitors when it comes to that post show period and 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 why do you think that people end up sort of ruining their off seasons to an extent with with this post show time period so i can speak from experience on this point okay. um not last not this latest uh this this latest transition but the one before i did what a lot of people do and and, and they think my competition's over now i can start eating like i used to eat in my off season you know i've missed this food i've missed that food so i'm just going to pile it all in and it really as horrible as it's like, it really takes four or five days of just pure binging and you've ruined you know a, a lot of work you know yeah. i think i think i think it was pretty much the same cycle as um as this year i finished in the end of october and by by december i'd hit my highest weight i've ever hit in my life and i was just like my face was out here i had i had unwanted fat that i just couldn't really shift it was so hard for me to shift when i, when I came back down to cutting yeah and you really just put that that useless fat, you know. It's, it's, there's no use for it being there. It just comes, and and it really. And when a lot of people say, "I'm holding water. I'm holding water." It's, there's only a certain amount of time. You can, there's only a certain amount of time you can hold water for, um, and then it just becomes fat, straight up fat. So yeah, I, I just think if you can just hold off on on that like first of a couple of weeks, and, and then you can kind of introduce these good meals, you know, every now and again, maybe have one or two a week, but. The, the main thing I see is just people going full out two or three days, just binge, 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 wake up, have ice cream. It's, it's, it's just no good for the body, you know. Yeah. At least at least, at least, what you should be doing is aiming to put those treats maybe post-workout mm-hmm. so your body you can use them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just putting useless carbs into your body first thing when you wake up after you've had a pizza the night before, your body's just going to start storing all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, with you being lean, I do like that comment with regards to post-workout, you know, insulin sensitivity will be at its highest you'll be able to potentially utilize like you said those carbohydrates as a recovery source as you get fatter that becomes slightly less likely to happen so you can't just keep pummeling pummeling crap and thinking that post-workout is going to be this golden window you know at the end of the day the end of the day if you're consuming a, a shit ton of calories you will just gain a shit ton of fat um, and you will be in a poor position. I think, you know, this brings us back to like the whole off season and the importance of the off season is there, but it's like, it's all in the setup. And then with it being all in the setup, it's all in your process as well. Because if your process for the show is so restrictive and crap that you have to sort of, um, at the end of your diet, just binge on a load of rubbish because that's what you want. You're, you're going to again that, that it's all part of the process like if you diet in a sustainable manner where at the end you can eat one meal be satisfied and then crack on with your current macros then you're in a much better position agreed exactly massively so yeah cool awesome um so moving on to sort of going into the actual off season itself now a lot of people tend to struggle so they've got past that period where They've, you know, had the initial weeks, you know, you're, you're eating a little bit more flexibly and you're having some treats post-workout, etc. And the weights are flying up. And after those two, three weeks, you like, you feel like God because you're fuller, you're still lean and it's Amazing. epic. That, that phase is awesome. And you've still got a bit of tan left as well. And <laughs> it's all so good. And, um, but then I think after that phase, like the struggles almost set in a little bit. You have a bit of that post-show fatigue um, and you're seeing the body fat come on. So, like, what have you found in that time period sort of that you've dealt with when it comes to struggling? uh, And how is there any sort of methods that you've used in terms of motivation that's helped you push through that phase? Um, For me personally, and it will obviously vary person to person, how was I I find that when you when you do prep and you get to those super lean kind of places it's, it's quite spiritual in a way that you, and you, and you really kind of get that motivation you get that kind of that real like i want this so bad yeah and i always thought if i could carry that on over into my off season with with as much motivation and as, as much energy just to build some 
you know some muscle I think I, I think you'd be in a, just such a good place, and and I just really thought about I thought about that one time that I thought about doing that, and and every single time I thought you know I want this, think about next season, think about getting onto the stage next season. I want that muscle, especially when you, when you're doing this naturally, guys. Like it's so hard to get that like extra kilo of muscle on stage mm-hmm. when you're getting to you know five, six, seven, eight years of training. It's so difficult. You really just need to focus every single session, progress the numbers, progress the numbers. Um, and one thing that really helped me, and it, ah, I should really be admitting this at, five, at six years of training, is I never really logbooked until this year. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I, I've, had, with that, though. I've had a lot of wasted time, mm. uh, unfortunately. But one thing that's really, really helped me, and if there's one thing you take from this, is just logbook. Because if you beat your numbers, you will get stronger, you will build more muscle. Seeing progression every single week, every single session is so satisfying. And knowing that you've got these little mini goals you're hitting every single week, it's just so, like, that's what builds my, motiva- my motivation. You know, oh, I've got 145 this, year, this week. I need six minimum next week, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To use that in a reciprocal manner, it just builds itself. Yeah. You know, it's internal motivations, external motivations, whatever it is, just use everything you got. Yeah, agreed. I think more people need to lay focus in into that intrinsic motivation because when when people try and like source external motivation from people saying like oh you look great or posting shit on instagram and things like that or posting a youtube video and getting good comments and things like that like that those things won't see you through as well as something that's purely yourself and purely coming from you like you're like you said, you're, you're logbooking now, like your logbook is your accountability tool alongside Jordan, because like, if you like your coach, so if you know, you check in and you're like, the numbers aren't moving or the weight isn't up, like, you know that there's someone there to tell you, like, sort your shit out. Um, and, and a lot of people need that. Like a lot of people need a, a coach or someone to just sort of say, you know, be that accountability tool. You know, you're a clued up guy. I'm sure that you could program training yourself and you do it for clients, you know, but sometimes people do love that accountability. Um, And so I think that's important as well when it comes to post shows, like have someone to be accountable to, but also like set those goals. Like I think, you know, as soon as you come out of a show prep, if you've really done it well and you've got as lean as you possibly can do, which, you know, we both have, you, you kind of you kind of want to get back to enjoying your training and progressing your lifts because you spent so long just obsessing with trying to maintain stuff that that gets so boring right exactly exactly <laughs> it, it yeah it gets to the point where you're like you're going into sessions and thinking oh, okay like i know this is going to feel like crap and i know that i'm going to really struggle to maintain it whereas when you're in a gaining phase you're like wow this like this movement is in on this rotation I know I'm just going to absolutely crush this number and you go in and even if you, you know, maybe a little bit behind on one meal or a little bit behind on water, if you're still in a surplus for like weeks and weeks and weeks, you can still smash that session. You miss, exactly. miss one thing out on a, when you're in a deficit and you feel <laughs> it, you're like screwed up an entire session. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think that's important. I think people should take away from that little comment is that, be motivated by your numbers, be motivated by your logbook. Um, and if you do need accountability, then search out for for, for someone to be accountable to. And then that's going to help massively. And, cool. and there's nothing nothing wrong at all with just asking someone to be accountable for you. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people, they'll get scared thinking, oh, I don't want to take, I don't want the coach to take away the hard work from me. It's got nothing to do with that. Right. You're still going to be working just as hard. Yeah. But it's just someone who just, who just checks in with you, make sure you're ticking over, make sure you're still progressing. And it kind of just gives it a little buffer, exactly like you said, that little that little accountability factor. Yeah. It's so worth Yeah, so 100%. Worth. I, I do find at the same time, like we talked about social media a little bit there, I, I do find that that does help because like I find now that I'm prepping and then I'm posting up pictures or like weekly updates, yeah. I feel somewhat pressurized by the fact that I know that I'm going to put up something at the end of the week saying how my week has gone. Exactly. Uh, that yeah. that puts that puts a nice bit of pressure on me to think right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything that I need to do this week because I don't want to say at the end of the week I haven't lost any weight because I didn't do my steps on this day and or I did didn't do my cardio on this day. There's no chance I'm like there's no chance I want to do that at all. I want to tick yeah. every box so that I can say 
you know like last week for example didn't didn't really lose any scale weight but i had rationale behind it and then like had a big big drop like the first two days of this week it's you you need to you need to have something that's going to keep you accountable and some sometimes that that can be the socials yeah the socials um and the youtubes but i do i do i do like them now i think that's something that does improve things for sure but you don't want to get to the point where that's your only motivation and you're doing yep. it just for social media because you'll 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 give up because it gets way too hard to just do it for socials um yeah, exactly. cool okay so a few people did ask as well we posted up um some questions in a group as well and quite a few people asked about sort of and on my instagram as well about sort of how we structure food intakes when it comes to off seasons and and when we raise food and why we raise food now I'm specifically, I'm actually really intrigued as well to ask you about this because obviously you've, you've worked with Jordan. He's been pushing up your food quite massively to the point where you pretty much can't even shovel it down. Um, so, so what did that structure look like? Where did you finish your prep calories and, and what, would, what did the weekly increases look like or the weekly changes? <laughs> Just run us through that. So I finished my calories on 2,200. I was on about... Well, I can't remember this so long ago now. Yeah. Maybe about 200, 220 grams of carbs, 180 grams of protein, and maybe like 50 grams of fat, around about. Something like that, give or take a couple hundred calories. Okay. Um, so we bumped them straight up, took out all of my cardio, bumped them up to about 3,000, just stayed there for a couple of weeks. Okay. And then just as, as my lifts progressed, um, my li- uh, to be honest, I, I've had one week in 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 25 weeks now that I haven't, that I've had a little bit of a blip in progression. Okay. I just it just took a week off, so we can we can ignore the progression part. That always happens. Yeah. Um, in terms of putting calories up, I don't necessarily think there was much. Um, wasn't like super specific. Like, okay, it's going to be fifty to one hundred grams. It's going to be this. It's going to be this. All all depend on how, what happened that week. Okay. So so, I I my calories basically my calories went up, mostly in carbs. Um, if I didn't get stronger. If I didn't put on enough weight, um, and enough weight was probably about probably naught point. If I was putting on half a kilo a week, that was that was sufficient. If it was under that, calories are going up. Jesus, that, quite quite fast gaining there. It, yeah. it was quite fast. It was pretty hard gaining as well, especially I think I think maybe just because I'm I'm, I'm quite a lean person, I so I hold my my distribution of fat is pretty good. Yeah, I've still got abs now, and, I, and I'm and I'm. 16 kilos overhead uh over stage weight yeah um and and they, and they just kept pumping up pumping up so i mean i, I put them in i put them in my fitness pal the other day I, I tend to not even look at them in my fitness pal these days because it's just heinous at the moment but they but it, <laughs> but it was uh at the height of my bulk which was probably a couple of weeks ago i was on 850 grams of carbs a day uh-huh. uh on training days training day sorry yeah training days um, still 300 <laughs> yes it's the same thing. <laughs> 330 grams of protein and about 110 grams of fat yeah uh, it, it was it was the worst it's been one of the worst bulks of ever day <laughs> just awful like i feel like I, so i'm lucky i can train well but if yeah. other training like i'm just bloated i'm full but it's just it but that just shows how healthy my meta- well, healthy my metabolism is at this point like i can i am pummeling food at all times you know like yeah. i'm all right i'm thinking we're in this podcast i need to eat as soon as i finish this and then carry on <laughs> to the next meal um but, but generally they went up i would say three to five hundred calories each time mostly to carbs okay and then and when the carbs just got too much which they are now the fats went up yep. um yep 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 and it was as simple as that really cool awesome yeah i know i think that's i think that's wicked i think what people need some rationale on there as well and i'm sure that you 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 will agree on this is that uh, and i've seen your pictures as well i think you're in a great position um you will have used not only the scale weight increases but also pictures to determine as to whether you can increase food um and remember also that when josh says 0.5 kilos per week etc He's come from an incredibly lean state. So, so if you're someone that's got like one bicep vein and one ab showing and you're going into this sort of like perma bulk mode, you will get exceedingly fat and then yep. you'll have a horrible time trying to pull that off. Um, even if your food gets incredibly high, 
and you have lots of room to play with and you lose a lot in the first couple of weeks, you'll still you'll still have a lot to pull off. Um, so I think that's really important to note as well. But at the same time, I, I think, is this the first off-season that you've been, would you say, the most consistent and regimented with your food intake? 100%. I haven't missed... I haven't missed one gram in however many weeks. Yeah, I think I think that does prove something because one thing that I went into this off season with as well is is the idea that I wanted to get my calories as high as possible, and I really wanted to just try and have a whole year where I just like have relentless consistency. Um, even if I did eat out and things like that, I wanted to make sure that I was still just nailing my numbers, so I knew that every single day I was hitting my protein, every single day I was hitting my calories. Okay. And, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. I'm sure that you agree that, like, you know, people are very regimented and in tune when they come to prep. But when yeah. they go to an off season, like the first couple of weeks, they'll be like really motivated, prepping their meals and everything, and then they'll just back off the gas and they won't prep their meals and they won't even hit a bloody protein intake. Um, yeah. And and that's what makes the difference to the physique. So the fact that you've been able to get your calories so high as well, I think is part and parcel of the fact that you've been so consistent. Like you wouldn't have been able to push those numbers up if you hadn't have had weeks and weeks of consistency with lower calories. Um, so, yeah. you know, I think we, we, you know, we can, we can talk all day about the benefits of starting on high calories. I think there is, there is huge benefit because some people will say like psychologically, there's a benefit of dieting on higher calories and I, I do agree with that so I think working your calories up higher is more beneficial it'll be interesting to see where your calories end up this time in terms of the um, lowest um, yeah super excited to see that because I mean I, the thing is what my with where I was with my last prep I was I was uh I had a desk job sat down had really relatively low activity so I, like if you if you want to yeah if you're one of those people who's quite sedentary you are going to have to bring your calories low, unfortunately, and you're going to have to put the cardio high, you know? Yeah. Like, at the moment, I'm hitting, just because of my job, I hit 15,000 steps a day. Nice. You know, so, so, you know, when you're getting heavier and heavier, that works out to more and more. Um, it's a pain and, in and, the arse when you're gaining. Oh, my feet are killing me. That's yeah. how I hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I like to just add on, on the uh, on the whole weight gaining. If, if, you, if you get to that point where you're not liking the way that you're looking... And, and you're kind of getting very fuzzy, and, and, and you're thinking, I'm, I'm on the unhealthy fat side, you really should start to, to tailor back in again, because for me, it wasn't it wasn't every single week calories up, it wasn't every single week calories up, it wasn't every single month calories up, it got to the point where maybe I was gaining a kilo a week, and you're thinking, okay, you know what, we need to hold off the gas here, let's not, let's just see how you get on in the next couple of days, yeah. check in with me on the Wednesday, and if you're still pushing up quite high in weight, or maybe we'll just retract a little bit, um, just to make sure you're not you're not going crazy with it. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a constant monitoring process as it would be with prep. You know, you're essentially prepping 52 weeks a year, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah you should be. You, you don't want to you don't want to be crossing too far into the realms of normality. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think having some time like psychologically off the gas is important. So like. Yeah. You, you know, I've seen you have meals out. I've seen you go out with your girlfriend, etc. That's that's super important because when it gets to prep, like, you know, you c you can't do those things. And if you never exactly. do those things, like, you'll live your entire life a very sort of hemmed in person. So I think I think that's important, which which I'm sure you agree with. Um, and yeah, I think you know, it is, it is like we said, just the regimented part of things. If if you're listening to this podcast and like you're a serious competitor please take your off season seriously and please eat your food and like do like log book your training like we're saying because you, otherwise you'll step on stage a year after or however long after and you'll just look the fucking same yeah <laughs> and, um, that's that's yeah that's horrifically frustrating and I, i'm sure like you've judged at that student show and i'm sure that you've been at plenty of ukbff shows and i'm sure that you've seen people who compete year in year out and just look exactly the same right yeah, yeah, exactly. See it every single year. For sure. And and something that I was going to say as well about sort of your food increases um, and the rate of gain as well is like you've had a relatively short phase for some in terms of an off-season, haven't you? So I guess that's why maybe Jordan has, has thought, right, okay, let's really push the hammer on this because we exactly. haven't got long. Yeah, I was having this exact conversation with my girlfriend, Sammy. 
the reason why it's gone so like crazy is because we don't have enough time. I've got to put on as much muscle as I can in, it's been eight months now, or by the end of my official bulk, it's going to be eight months. Mm. Um, that's not really that much of a long time. If you're going to be a natural athlete, you know, if, no, if, if you're not big enough, you just extend that time, double it, triple it, whatever it takes. Yeah. If you haven't got the lean to, if you haven't got the tissue, you know, that you just got a bulk and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that, this would be a much more gradual process if I was saying, if I'm doing this, I was Jordan, I'm taking a year out, you know, let's do this for 16 months. I, I do think it'd be a lot more slower. Um, but we had new E2s about it. I had to put on as much as I can in the short amount of time as I could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more thing on sort of food intake and the way you've structured things with like 850 carb, 120 fat, etc. Like that's going to be hard to get in. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like you, that are naturally lean, that struggle to put on weight and that struggle to get the intake in. So is there anything that you've used with regards to food choices that have really helped you? And is there any stages <laughs> where you've, okay, thought, right, there's no, I can't eat that anymore. Let's change that. Um, and, and sort of like maybe what did your diet look like at the, at the peak end in terms of food options? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So... I think when you're really pushing the boundaries in terms of food and I'm and, and like it's like I'm on my limit. I already said to Jordan, like I can't you can't put any higher. Like I can't do it. You know, I feel pretty ill to be honest after quite a lot of my meals because yeah. it's just so much food. So I get sick of foods really quickly, you know. So there was a point even six weeks ago, I was having five eggs for breakfast and a little bit of salmon. I just couldn't I could my body couldn't take the fat anymore and I was just like, Look, this is making me feel sick every time I eat it. So and then and then I'm still carrying that sick not I don't want to say sickness. I'm not actually ill. I just have that feeling of just a bit of nausea. Yeah, it's not, uh, nice. it's, it's, it's not enjoyable, but you got to do what you got to do. Um, so I, I'll just check in with them. Look, I can't do this anymore. No problem. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? And I think that's a massive thing that you guys, like, it doesn't need to be crazy strict. If, if it's not working for you, it's not working for you. Change it out. You know, I'm, I'm, I can eat cereal for weeks. So therefore, I have 200 grams of cereal post-workout. Mm. Easy. Straight in. That's the best thing for me. Um, intra-workout carbs was something that I've never ever experienced or, or tried. Mm -hmm. he, said, he said get some cyclic dextrin, try it, see how it goes. It goes down super easy for me. Some people, yeah. some people it hurts their stomach, some people it doesn't work. For me, it just completely digests super quickly, it's nothing. So I, my, my, mine at the height got up to 120 grams. So it's 120 mm -hmm. grams of carbs straight in during a workout. It's a, it's a lot of calories that I'm ingesting during a workout. And I just, you know, it, it, that's just what worked for me. Um, potato. A lot of people can't handle the fiber of potato. Um, for me, it works. Wow, so that's I, interesting. I feel horrible on uh, that. Exactly. I think I even watched a video of yours. You're saying like rice is what works for you best. Yep, yep, yep. That's correct. Um, yeah. But for me, potato works best. So what do I do? I have 600 grams of potato a day, and it's easy here. <laughs> just it just goes straight down, and it's nothing for me. Mm. So I just think it's personal preference. What works for you? What might not work for other people? Um, like for example, Jordan's very big on bagels and and jams. I can't do bagels and jams. They just they just really don't sit well with me. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. See what works for you. If it doesn't work, change out. Try something else. If that doesn't work, change out. And just keep the rotation coming till you find it. And you will get sick of foods because I get sick of foods super quick. Yeah. And then and then you just change it out and find what works next. Uh, what works best for you. Yeah, I think I think what you said there is awesome. Like variation is key. Because like there was a time in my gaining phase where and I, I wasn't pushing anywhere near 850. I was, the maximum I probably would have was like 600 grams of carbs. And that's still pretty high for me at the, that sort of stage. That's the highest I've ever gotten. My fats were probably like 90 to 100 grams. And they were the highest they've ever been as well. Um, but it's just what I had to do. And I, like, I just... I love oats, like I absolutely love oats, yeah. like now I can eat oats and I like can savour them, I can cook them with loads of water, and I got to the point where I just like, I look at a bowl of oats and just wanted to be sick, like I hated them, so they were immediately swapped for granola and things like that, just more calorie dense stuff, I noticed you've been smashing like saurine, which is like a godsend, because yeah. that, that stuff, it's like, guys, if you struggle to get your carbs in, eat saurine, because it's like it's so incredible. calorie dense. It's like a handful, and it's like 120 grams of carbs, which is like, boom, yeah. straight in. Yeah, it's so Crazy. easy. Um, so there's there's loads of tools, guys, but essentially, you know, when, like what Josh is saying, it does it does get hard um, when you're trying to really push the limits. I heard, I heard Jordan on a podcast once say that, like, he used to, um, 
he, <laughs> he used to like be sick after a meal and then go and make that meal again and eat it again <laughs> 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 because he uh, because he just thrown thrown up the whole like the whole meal and he just goes and makes it and eats it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. So like, I, I think, but he he did say in that podcast he was like there were some things that like. When your body's telling you no, like your body's saying no more food, no more food, no more food, sometimes that's a sign that you may well need to back off. But obviously with your with your short gaining phase, it was a fact of like, let's see this through to the end and then let's yeah. do a nice long diet. Um, so that, that, that that's cool. That's awesome. I think that brings us like nicely into um, a little bit of a topic that we can touch on quickly with regards to sort of mini cut phases. So I know that you work with um, a few clients that probably, you've probably got, a, have you got any clients in sort of gaining phases at the moment at all? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So if you, uh, have you sort of like utilized or um, used, I guess, mini cut phases with any of your clients at all? Um, and is there a sort of phase where you'll look at pictures and you'll think, okay, yeah, we need to pull back a little bit? Um, and how would you sort of implement that? Yeah, definitely. So um, I do think there's like an optimal range of body fat for for building muscle. And I just think if you get outside that range, even if you're too lean, you're not going to build muscle as efficiently if you've got a little bit of body fat. Yeah. And, and vice versa, if you're too fat, you, you just kind of you just don't get into that like kind of I like to call it like an anabolic zone. You're not your most anabolic version of yourself. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so so if people, you know, I I do think that there's a comfortable like I would straight up say that there's a healthy way to do to to a healthy body fat to be at. Mm. And if you're not at that, I'm gonna get you to that, and then we're gonna build from there. So I get a lot of overweight clients that will come in and they'll say, I just want to gain some muscle. I don't think I'm gonna be lean enough if I cut. Unfortunately, you know you have to trim up the edges because you're not you're not the most efficient self. Yes, uh, if yep. you're just adding calories, you're just going to get bigger and bigger, and it's going to make the the losing process even harder. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of there's a, a lot of people that will go into a prep and they'll diet for 16 weeks. They won't be lean enough. They'll diet mm -hmm. for 20 weeks. They won't be lean enough. It's because your starting point was so far away from your from where your end point needed to be, and yep. and and you just end up killing yourself. Yep. You know, doing hours of cardio, hardly any calories, and you go to starvation mode, and your body can't handle it. So, with people who 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 in fact, um, who just who who want to compete, but they're just they just they're just not at the body fat to even be able to think about competing. Mm -hmm. That's when you really need to think about cleaning everything up. So, when I do that, I just do a simple energy balance. What do you prefer? Especially with people who aren't as serious, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to eat less? Do you prefer to do more? Okay, if you prefer to do more, let's add some cardio, and if you prefer to eat less, let's take some let's take some calories away. Yeah, uh, and I just work it like that until they're at a healthy body fat, until I'm pleased with they how they look, until they're pleased with how they look. Because if you're not pleased with how you look, like I'm happy with how I look, I'm I'm fat, but I'm I'm happy with how I look. You look good, yeah. But, but if I get to that point where I'm not, you know, I'm still going to trim up. I'm still going to try get get some shape back, and I think it's the same for a lot of people. So as long as I'm happy, and as long as they're happy. That's when we can start moving moving the calories back up, but just very gradually keeping an eye on things week by week. Yeah, absolutely, I'd agree with that. And the amount of people that I get come to me that say they want to build muscle in that exact same position, Josh, like they'll say, "Yeah, I really want to build some muscle now," and I'm like, "There's, uh, there's, there's no chance we can sort of rationalize increasing calories from where we are now." You're yeah. just your nutrient partitioning is going to be poor. Your insulin sensitivity is whack. We're not going to be able to just shove in calories because the chances of that just going to more fat gain is just incredibly high. So yeah, what right. we want to do is, we, yeah, we want to pull back and we want to trim the edges, like you said. I think that's a really good term, and then and then build build from there and actually have some rationale behind increasing calories. Um, and I think for the most part, like. If I'm with a client, just for the listener, if they want to know how to set up a mini cut, if I'm with a client that's in a gaining phase and they get to the point where I'm like, okay, we don't want to do an extended fat loss phase, so we don't want to do like a contest prep or a long diet to get super lean, we just want to trim the edges. Usually trimming the edges will be something like 8 to 15 pounds, depending on the size of the person. And obviously if it's a small female, the, the rate of loss is less, so you'll end up losing less. But we tend to run like something like a four to six week mini cut, which will be, 
Um, pretty aggressive in the rate of loss, so something like 1 to 1.5% of their total body weight per week. So for example, a 200 pound guy might look to lose 2 pounds per week for like 4 to 6 weeks, which is pretty aggressive. Um, you may well see more in the like first couple of weeks, but what, what this allows you to do is like clean up, like we said, and then get going again. And it, this this phase is pretty easy, Like it's like the first yeah. few weeks of a contest prep, or like I've just done like a 11 weeks and it hasn't really felt that hard yet, but I've lost like 14 pounds. Obviously that's a longer, longer thing, but you know, just getting it out of the way four to six weeks, get out of the way, done, get back to gaining. Um, Cause like we said, you know, you can't just gain forever. You'll just become like Mr. Blobby. Like it would just, <laughs> and your next, your next fat loss phase will be absolutely horrific. Um, yeah. Cool, awesome. You you all agreed on that with regards to mini cuts or anything else to add yeah, on mini cuts? It just becomes it just becomes inefficient to, at a point, you know, and you you've really got to look at the efficiency of what you're doing things. And if you get into that point where it's just you're just not going to be building muscle how you would be if you're a little bit leaner, just take the time. You know, you got all the time in the world. Just just do it. It's it's so much more more worth it health wise as well. Yeah, absolutely agreed. So, um, a lot of people asked as well with regards to off seasons, and I tend to get this question a lot. I don't know why we get it a lot because essentially, like off seasons and gaining is like a it's just a question of energy balance. But with your off season, did you ever do or have you ever done cardio? And would you prescribe cardio for any of your clients in an off season? Uh, and why? And um, you know just. Why, like, would you include cardio at all in the gaining phase? I know for you, um, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, as AJ said, it is a question of energy balance. Uh, if if you're at the fortunate place where you're not eating as many calories as me, you could probably afford a little bit of cardio if you want to. Mm. Uh, it's not gonna. Ha- I don't think it's gonna have too much of a direct impact on building muscle. There, there are definitely a few a few benefits that might aid building muscle. You know, you're gonna get a better pump. Cardiovascular, you can you can go harder for longer. Um, but if you're just really at that point where you're not gaining weight, you know sometimes you just need to pull down your activity level, and, and it's just what you got to do. You know, like I find myself because I've got a a job where I'm still on my feet. I find myself just trying to stand still as much as I can, just in order to just to put that weight on. Um, <laughs> in prep, you're just like running around like a man yeah, exactly. You're just like keep on moving up, keep on moving up. Now yeah. I'm just doing the opposite. I'm just trying to lean against table okay mm. um I, I i mean it's 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 energy balance is really it so yeah I mean, if, if if you want to add some in add some in but as long as you're in a calorie surplus you're going to be fine yeah cool so yeah i guess the take-home point to answer anyone's queries if they're really interested as to what josh does josh doesn't but like doesn't do any formal cardio but if you if you remember the the initial part of the podcast where he said he does fifteen thousand steps a day um, that, that that's decent energy expenditure there that's that's probably anywhere between 500 and 700 calories burnt to his yeah. day that if he sat on his arse all day he could eat probably 600 to 700 calories less and still be in the same sort of energy balance equation so monitoring your steps and knowing where your activity levels are is like just as integral in an off season as it is for a diet phase now if you really want to do cardio, the only reason that I think you should is, again, from a cardiovascular point of view, um, if your sets of 10 start to get like horrible um, and you're, you're really struggling from a sort of breathing aspect in the gym, then maybe adding some hit in would be my favorable option. Yeah. It's just short and sweet. You get the benefits of the cardiovascular response pretty fast. Uh, you don't want to just sit there doing lists, just burning calories for no reason. I think that's yeah. just utterly pointless. Um, the only other situation as well for more rationale is I think that if girls, re- you're really hungry, you're still really hungry in your gaining phase, there, there could be a bit of rationale into keeping a little bit in. But what I mean by a little bit is maybe two sessions per week, like 15, 20 minutes. So you ideally want nothing. But yeah, if, if, if you're really hungry and like you shouldn't be really hungry, ideally, but if you are and you want to get your food that little bit higher and have a little bit more food to play with or you're going out for a meal and you want to just create some room, like calorie room, then why not? Um, but I think those are the only situations. Like Ideally, we want nothing. Um, yeah, I'll, so I'll, concentrate on the weight training. 
I was going to say, I mean, if, if you're a serious competitor, you're looking to gain as much muscle as you can, you, you don't really need to be doing any cardio. You, you just need to be focused on progressing those lifts every single session, mm. you know, cardio. And then and as long as you get any calories in, you're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So final few questions, I think, and then we'll wrap things up. So with your off-season itself, just run through the things that you actually enjoy about an off-season phase. And, you know, so for example, if someone's just finished a prep now or they're, fin- they're, they're in an off-season this year, what do you look forward to and what do you like about gaining phases? I love the strength. I love to be strong. Mm-hmm. There's always this, this little thing about you look the best you do on stage, but you're definitely not the strongest version of yourself, you know? And there's, there's something about just being full of calories, blood's just flowing around the body, you're getting strong, you know, really strong. Hmm. And it's just, that, that's, that's what I love, you know, I love just, I love hitting these crazy numbers that people just can't think that you're doing and, you, and you're doing them every single week. You know, that, that, that's, that's what I love about off-season. Um, the food's obviously great, the food is great, you know, to a certain point. Obviously, hmm. I'm, at the, I'm, at the, I'm at the very high end at the moment, so it's kind of... I lost my little love for food as much, but you know that. But there's a lot of months that I was just loving the food. The pumps are unbelievable. You can feel yourself getting bigger every single week. You know, there 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 is a lot to look forward to in off season, and you and you're just thinking about next next year. You know, you're thinking about adding that extra bit of density. You're thinking about adding that little bit of muscle. You know, you've seen yourself shredded. You know what you need to look at. You know, if you need more delts or you need more chest or you need some more back, and that's when you're actually implementing what you what you're trying to improve. Yeah. You know. I love the new training plans that that, that come out with a with an with an off season. You know, I've just started my new plan. Just changed a few things about my physique. See if I can add a bit bit of density here. You know, a little bit of fullness here, and I've just loved it. I love the progression ever ever since I came off that stage. So yeah. that's definitely my favorite things. Yeah, I I'd agree, I'd agree with all of those, and I think that. Uh, that that that's really nice because that that can apply to both female and male competitors like some males will say oh like i love i love filling out a t-shirt and for a female like that fucking sucks because they, they don't yeah. want to fill out their clothes like they maybe want to fill out their leggings and like have fuller glutes but like looking bigger up top and like clothes fitting really tight is not particularly yeah. something that they enjoy um whereas i i do enjoy that like when i'm wearing a t-shirt in the gym now i look categorically smaller than i did <laughs> when when i was gaining because i was like a big water balloon like the arms would look full delts would look full and everyone was like wow you're really packing on some size and i'm like yeah but like you should see my midsection like <laughs> it's, it's awful <laughs> and now like the only time i'll look big is if i train in like a vest which i very rarely do or yeah. if i pose um and you know like walk around in a t-shirt like uh, you know, I'm still 16 weeks away from my show and I look like small in a t-shirt. Um, but that's the reality. Like you're, there's a natural, like there's very few naturals out there that look, you walk along the street and you see them and they look, wow, like you look impressive. Yeah. There's very few out there that look like a bodybuilder <laughs> when they're just in normal clothes. Um, so yeah, I think I agree with all of them. I'm focusing on, like we said, like the strength progressions, etc. cetera. Um, and obviously like mixing up your training like you have, I know that Jordan's, you know, very good with variation and things like that. So adding variation to your training, variation to your food, just keep things interesting. That's super important. Um, cool. I think we've covered a lot of things, Josh. Would you agree? Um, yeah. I think that have you got anything else that you specifically wanted to say on off seasons or gaining phases or anything that you particularly wanted to add at all before we finish up? I uh, just, uh, just a little, little touch on because I saw one of the comments was was about clean versus versus dirty. Oh yeah, uh, Sammy asked, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to touch, touch a little bit on it. I actually just watched a recent JP video. Sammy sent me a clip of it, um, and he was talking about kind of clean versus versus bulky. And he's he is a very brutal man. He is, <laughs> he, is he is he's straight up just like, it's like if you're still small, he's like, he's like he's like if you're still small. You should not be worrying about clean or dirty. Just yeah. keep eating. Like, and it's so true. I mean, like, I can't. If I was eating a hundred percent clean, there is no chance in this world I'm going to be eating six thousand calories a day. No way. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've got to take in the extra sugars. I've got to take in this. I've got to, you know, like he said, it's just you've got to get it in. Mm. If you've got to get it in, and you're not gaining weight, you've got to find a way to get it in. And and if it happens to be 
the half of a liter of sorbet that I have every single day after pre after a workout, <laughs> then it's gonna have to be the sorbet. Like that's just the way it is, you yeah. know. Yeah. If, if you've got your goals and and you're serious about getting to them, some sometimes you've got to stray off the path a little bit, and you've and you've got to take those extra calories in from other places. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think the whole argument, clean versus dirty, etc., is it, it it is still like the the main thing is is that you want to stay relatively healthy from a um you know just a functioning point of view so you want you know enough micronutrients i think jp mentioned in that video that that people do when you're on super high calories they do struggle to get in veg okay so that makes sense i was the same um now i eat a f like a lot of vegetables because i'm dieting and they're easy because i want to eat them but when i was gaining i'd struggle so i actually did exactly what he was saying in that video and i i used a greens powder um, I just used that every morning, had a couple of servings of that, um, and if I could ever sort of muster up the appetite to actually eat some normal vegetables, then I would do, because I knew that the micronutrient benefits of that would be great. Um, and, you know, if you, if you can look to more, more calorie-dense micronutrient sources... So like you can get higher calorie vegetables, you know, you can you can you can eat higher calorie vegetables, just eat smaller smaller portions of them. Same with fruits, it's like you don't want to be eating a load of berries when you're gaining, yeah. but you, you could you could probably smash a banana and you'd be alright. Or mango or pineapple and things like that. It's just changing things around. Um and yeah, like so you want you want as much as your diet to come from good sources as as you can, but it will get to a point where you can't just consume all good sources, um, and that that's why a lot of these people like they say, oh, when I eat clean, I I stay I stay really lean, and I well yeah because like you, your calories are inherently lower because you're exactly. you're you're consuming more fiber, you're fuller throughout the day, you don't feel like you need to eat crap because you're eating well. Um, so it will get to a point where you can't eat, you know, eight meals of sweet potato and chicken and broccoli all day. It's because you just won't. That's just impossible. Um, you will feel like just so full. Um, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point to finish on. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, li I'd like to thank you very much for your time, buddy. Um, I think this has been really good. And this will provide a great resource for people. Um, now, if people want to sort of follow you or learn more about you, just give a quick sort of shout as to where, where they can go. Obviously, I'll link things below, but give a quick shout to your socials. So you can just find me at Josh Bridgman on every single platform. I just kind of standardized that across Josh Bridgman on YouTube, Josh Bridgman on Instagram, Josh Bridgman Fitness on Facebook. Uh, I don't use Twitter, so any one of those guys. Cool. And I'm always open for any questions, whatever you want, just contact me whenever. Yeah, amazing. And if um, people are interested in your coaching, have you got an email that they can that they can sort of contact at all? Yeah, so if you email me at joshbridgmanfitness at gmail.com, okay. um, I'll provide you all of my plans, coaching details, everything you need to know on there. Amazing, cool. I'll link those all below, buddy. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks very much for listening to episode 34. Uh, we'll see you back for episode 35. Like Josh said, if you do have any questions for us, uh, leave them in the comment section below and I'm sure me and Josh will both get back to them if there's anything specific that you want answering. Um, but yeah, stay well guys and see you in the next episode. Cheers.